ding 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 adding ding ding <laughs> good morning happy f -f 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 friday it is finally here but it doesn't mean as much to me anymore as it used to actually maybe it does maybe it does <clears throat> because i guess i still have saturday off and friday night off technically so um yeah I think that's just the, the tiredness speaking. Oh, the tiredness speaking. First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to Gabe Bishop. Hey, Gabe Bishop, I saw your comment. And your comment said to me, your energy is amazing. Happy one year subscribed. Hey, happy one year subscriber to you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and hang out and whatever. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your ear. I appreciate your guys' positive comments. Dude, you guys are awesome. It's always so nice to have people saying nice things. You know what I mean? It's very nice. Show some love. It's a big change from always seeing negative comments and garbage on YouTube. I guess that's a, that is a huge perk of being a very small channel. Very, very small. You know, like almost non-existent is that... There's less of a chance of that negative stuff because you're not getting any honest or decent or constructive criticism on here. Give me a break. <coughs> if you want to criticize me, you talk to me proper. Okay? That's how it works. You want to criticize me proper, boo? You got to talk to me and stuff. But sorry about that. Just a little bit of a, a side note there that I went off on which is what I generally do. Thank you very much. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And I like that you like the morning videos. So I'll try and get those out. Well, you know what? Those are kind of a if I feel like it thing, I'll do it. I don't know why I started saying, I'll try and get those out. Blah, blah, blah. No, I won't. What am I talking about? It has to be genuine. If I don't feel like it, I'm not doing it. I feel like if I do that, if I force myself to do those little things that I find really cute or happy, it's just going to make the... It's going to cause the novelty to wear off. And then it just becomes, I don't know, it becomes kind of cheapened. And eh, I don't like that. So I don't like that. So that's what I'm thinking about it. You'll see my face pop up here and there. I shall try. I mean, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a big camera whore. I do like being in front of the camera. But, uh... A lot of the time I don't, too. I don't know. Whatever. It's freaking 5.30 in the morning on Friday. I'm not going to totally make sense. But, yeah, there's that. So, I have a lot going on at the moment, especially with my job situation, because what's happened is I got offered a better job, so I'm in the middle of switching between the two. The one that I'm moving to is four 10-hour days and I get three days off and out of those three days I'm still working two of them for the job that I was at previously just because I didn't want to leave my boss uh, without anybody and um, I wanted to make sure I left him in a good position so I'm going to help him hire I'm going to do the interviews I was going to do all that that was the plan so we had picked a girl and she had kind of come around and worked for the week. And for the three days I wasn't there this week that she was, I just heard nothing but bad things. I had a meeting with my boss yesterday. And, um, you know, I had to, yesterday was the first time I actually had to let somebody go. Um, that was crazy. <laughs> <coughs> Yikes. Sorry about that. But yesterday was the first time I had to let somebody go. And it was, um... It wasn't bad because she was actually really awesome and understanding. And, um, you know, my boss is very, very picky. He likes a particular type of person. And uh, the relationship that he has with that person professionally is really important because I handle a lot of his stuff, his diary and um, making sure he gets places, making sure, sure bills are paid and things are taken care of. I'm, I'm the nurture care person at that office. And somebody in that off who comes back in that office, he wants that is just like me. And it's kind of awesome because he was explaining to me his frustrations yesterday. And exasperated, he stopped and he said, you know, I really wish you could just stay here and blow those other guys off. <laughs> and I got to tell you, that was so 
incredibly satisfying. It feels so good when someone finds so much value in you that they say something to you like that. And uh, he's a great guy, my boss, you know. He's uh, high intelligence, high IQ, high in orderliness, very, very smart man. And uh, it, it was just such a big deal to hear that from him. And I was like walking around with a pep in my step after that, like, huh, I don't know why I get so down on myself. I mean, I really care. (laughs) He was talking about how, um, because I have to conduct some more interviews and I need to do that. Even though I told him I'll stay with him as long as he needs me. And I will be there and make sure that everything is taken care of until I have to go. And he doesn't need to stress. He's been, he's been stressed. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot of running around to do and stuff. So I, I have a lot of energy that I can share. And I like putting time into places where I feel valued. And um, I really do. And this is such a great part of my life because it just seems like I'm in high demand. Dude, the guy down the hall, this, this guy that I work with, rude Iranian guy he um he actually came to the office because he's part of the council that manages the building and my my boss is the president and uh he saw that she was sitting next to me because she was there training he told me to come see him and he offered me a job (laughs) last week I haven't even told my boss yet because my boss would probably be pissed (laughs) But yeah, he he pulled me into his office. He's like, I need. I was serious when I told you to come see me, and I was like, okay, well, I'll come see you in a, like half an hour. I have stuff to do here. I'm still. This is my job. This is my priority. So I went to go see him, and he was like, Yeah, you know, I feel like your talent is going to waste, and all this kind of stuff. And I really want to put you in this marketing thing. And I was kind of like, uh, I'm like trying to get away from this kind of job right now. I don't want to be in a place where I am sitting and not active and moving around because I just don't, it doesn't feel good anymore. And uh, he's like, oh, you're going to have to take a pay cut. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes, but this is a place for you to have an opportunity to grow. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) I mean, I'll consider it, sure. But I haven't since he told me about it. And I don't think uh, that's something I'm going to be interested in. So I guess I have to let him know too. But yeah, I should probably tell my boss about that one so he can have a laugh. <laughs> but I remember I remember my, my boss telling me, this position, Amy, you know what the position means. It needs somebody who can be a mother, a babysitter, and a friend. So basically, <laughs> he told me I'm a good mother, babysitter, and friend. Because that is basically the, the paradigm, the trifecta that I have to move in and out of, depending on what I'm dealing with at the time. And, uh, you know, I've, I've settled into that office really nicely. Everybody there really likes me. And um, it's just a really good professional working environment. So... Oh, I feel bad that it's going to be a little bit difficult for him. And I really hope that I'm able to find somebody out there. Because I got to tell you, man, like doing interviews and stuff, it's ridiculous. People will fucking say anything and agree with anything. You know, the first time I had my interview with him, I remember having so many questions. I remember having disagreements and I didn't hold back. <laughs> you know, I don't like this. Is this going to be a problem during this? Is this going to be a problem? Like, I don't want to accept a position of employment unless I know it's going to serve me or it's going to be a mutual service kind of situation. You know, um, you don't want to get screwed by an employer. You want to ask the questions in the beginning and you want to make sure you have your bases covered so that not only so that you're getting what you want from the jobs, but so that you can actually keep up with the demands of it, honestly, you know, and um, I notice it a lot doing interviews now is that 
especially girls. Girls will just agree. Girls will just agree. Yep, yep, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I did this and I did that and I did this. And then you come bring them in for a trial and they're in for a week and see how they work. And they're just a nervous wreck. They have no confidence. They don't know how to do the things that they said that they could do and have been doing for years. And it makes for incredibly frustrating um, hiring process just because just be real. If you can't do it, you got to let me know because we're dealing with a lot of important information and we're dealing with things that need to be, you know, we need to use the correct stationery to bind things properly or you need to do this or we need to do that. There's certain things that need to be done a certain way, especially with my boss. You know, he's very particular. He's a very systemic kind of guy. And if he doesn't get what he wants... And if you don't let him know you're struggling or having a problem, there is just going to be a problem with him. Um, The thing that he always liked about me is if I don't know how to do something or needed him to show me, I always just asked him. And he gladly did. And I have not fucked up as bad as this girl did this week, who told me, by the way, that she has been doing the things that he asked her to do for years So that was very disappointing and uh, I definitely got a little bit fooled by just the niceness and now I have to go and start a whole new round of stuff and we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be okay. It's just going to be a bit challenging because I'm only there a couple days a week now and um, I don't exactly have all the time but we'll accommodate things as we can and it should be fine. Um, But yeah, my my whole point of that was just to brag that I feel valued and it feels really freaking good. (laughs) I love it when someone's like, please don't leave. I want you to stay. (laughs) I need you. You're awesome. You actually help a lot. And I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. That feeling. That feeling of being appreciated. Of feeling wanted. Of feeling like you're an important part of the team. That shit is such a good feeling. And man, am I glad that I felt that yesterday. I was just like, oh my God, I'm I'm so good. (laughs) Like a total dork. But you know what? You got to have those little victories sometimes. You just got to. What I'm not looking forward to is interviewing more because I know I'm going to get a lot of the same stuff. So I told my boss, I was like, look, this is how I want to conduct these interviews. Um, I think that I was a little bit apprehensive to do so because I just didn't want to come off rude or whatever. But but I think I, I need to be a little bit more maybe assertive about what is required and really need to emphasize that I, I need you to be honest or you just can't be in this office. And he's like, yeah, I, I would actually really appreciate that. Do you not remember our first interview? Like, we sat in front of each other. We maintained eye contact. We actually had kind of, it was kind of a conversation you know what I mean? And people don't do this honestly enough these days. And I like to make sure that I'm looking right at you so I can see your intentions. And I've been doing this for so long that generally I have a really good sense of, of if a person is good or not. Um, I've never been wrong. <laughs> He's so funny. He's like, I've never been wrong when it comes to this particular thing. And I always try to give things a shot and try to give it a chance, but I always get a little burned by doing that because people lie. Fake it till you make it. And I was like, oh man, I could sit here and have a four-hour conversation with you about this. (laughs) But I do digress, sir. Thank you for your time. We will make sure everything is taken care of as needed. I just had like a series of really good experiences yesterday, you know, like I was waiting for the bus yesterday to go to the gym and this lady who was slightly retarded, and I mean that in the technical sense of the term, she was just kind of standing there and she, I noticed that she kept looking at me. Now, I'm not really sure. She would like kind of walk down from the bus stop, walk back and like look at me and her arms were crossed and she looked kind of curious and it was very strange, but I just kind of chilled. I had my headphones in. Obviously, I was rocking out to Dead Mouse because Joel is my freaking life right now. And uh, she just started talking. So I, I pulled my headphone out and I heard bus at and I was like, huh? Because obviously music, right? She's like, where's the bus at? It's so cold. And I'm like, it is really cold. And we just started having a very simple conversation. And 
about the weather to start, which is so, uh, so British. We are a so British over here. And then she started telling me about her British bulldog, Tilly. And I just started listening, you know. I just started listening, and she started telling me about this dog, and then I started asking questions about her dog, and she just lit up, and it was so sweet, and it was so nice that she, she was, she was like so excited to talk about her dog, and her hairless cats, and her, her neighbor's pets, and her chihuahua, and all this stuff, and it was really cute. I really loved seeing that. Just a little bit of attention goes such a long way when somebody just wants a conversation or wants to feel like you're interested in them, you know? That feeling is so nice, isn't it? When somebody takes such great interest in you, they have so many questions they want to ask you, they want to know your life, they want to know your situation or whatever. I mean, it didn't go that far yesterday, but I'm sure that's what the feeling is, right? Because when people start asking me questions, dude, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about myself, it's like so cute. <laughs> I love it. I enjoy that stuff. I love talking. I love telling people about my day, but I also don't like forcing it on them. That's why I do this. This way, you have a choice to listen to me. <laughs> The point here, though, is that like you just never know what you're going to encounter out in the world. It's nice out. It's nice being out in the world and running into people you don't know who want to talk to you. And then I start wondering, like, I wonder what it was about me that made you feel like you could just talk to me. Is it because you're retarded, that you feel comfortable and you talk like this to everybody. I don't think that's the case because there were other people around. But she came to me and talked to me. So I was, I kind of started wondering, like, what is it? D don't I look mean? I mean, like, my, I'm not smiling. I have headphones in. My hoodie's up. I'm freezing cold. My arms are crossed. So I have closed body language. You know what I mean? So what is it? What is it? I don't know. It remains a mystery to me, but I got to tell you, a lot of people have done that to me throughout my life where I'm just waiting at the bus stop, chilling, and they'll, they'll just want to strike up a conversation. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. You know me. I love conversation and I, I'm interested in other people and the things they want to talk about, no matter how boring or whatever it may be. It's actually, I don't find it that boring. People are very interesting. So, so I talk, so I'll talk to them. You know, I, I was like at the bus stop, I think it was a couple of months ago and it was a super hot day. There was a guy on the bus, he had a big fan and he was sitting there and he just had this gorgeous silver hair. It was so nice and so well-maintained and so shiny and flowy. I actually had him in one of my intros. I told him to say, welcome to the Waking Up Thoughtcast. <laughs> this is the Silver Fox or whatever I asked him to say. He was so super cool. You know, I have experiences like that because I think I'm going to start doing that more. I should just start bugging people out on the street and be like, hey, can you please do this for me so I have an intro for my podcast? <laughs> it's cool, right? Just, just randomly coming up or, or running into people and talking to them. But yeah. It was a nice, enjoyable experience, and it, it ended very pleasantly, too. You know, I was like, the bus came, and I was like, I'm going to get on the bus and listen to my music now, but I hope you have a great night. And she said she was going to meet her friend for dinner, and I was like, I hope you have a great night at, at dinner, wherever you're going. She said, thanks, and she sat down, and we just went our separate ways, and it was really quite nice. You always get those people, too, sometimes who just, like, won't leave you alone, but generally I make it a point that all right, this conversation, this conversation has started. I'm going to make sure that I there's a definitive end as well so that we're not like left in this awkward limbo zone where we're like, mm, hey, are we still having a conversation or something? I don't really know. Excuse me, I just burped. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had a kick-ass gym session yesterday, which is awesome. I really love those. I really love those. And I don't know how I'm doing it because, you know, sometimes it's a mystery to me where I get my energy from. It really is. Because yesterday, I, th <laughs> I was at like 
Um, yesterday was 46 hours that I've worked this week. Today is my last six of 52, and I'm stoked, and, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know, my, my new job is very physical, so there's that. I'm up er as early as I can be. Uh, on the four days that I'm working later, I get home quite late, so I'm not, I'm trying to eat, shower, get to bed at a reasonable hour. Sometimes it ends up being 10.45 and then I'm still up at 4.30, 5 o'clock. I think this is just like a, that time frame between 10.30 and 5 o'clock is my zone where I am awake, you know? I just, I mean, where I'm sleeping, where I'm asleep. Good Lord, I can't even get my words together. And it feels healthy for me. I don't wake up feeling exhausted. The first little bit, I'm always a little hazy. And that's to be expected. Because waking up, I've never really understood how people just wake up, get out of bed, and then run to work. I need time to wake up. When I give myself that time, I feel like I have adequate energy throughout the day. If I don't, I feel like I'm rushing everything. And then it just stresses me out. And I'm like, you know what? Why? Why? Becoming a morning person was probably the best thing for my for my body okay I gotta tell you um obviously it doesn't work for everybody some people are night people but I was just all over the place and I wasn't sleeping well my lifestyle changes made a huge difference in my quality of sleep and now more so I'm sleeping like I am dead like I'm dead or worse (laughs) whatever that whatever the that means hui so I just needed a moment to breathe because sometimes, you know, sometimes. But anyways, one thing that's interesting to talk about now that I am actually doing interviews, because I am going to go back to this, is you really, really notice how prevalent fake it till you make it really is. And I got to say, it is quite uh, it's a disheartening thing to see that. I mean, when I was like 13 or 14 years old, I could remember going to job interviews and being super nervous and just agreeing as well. But when you're an older person, I would expect that you would actually be a little bit more honest and you'd be a little bit more metered and measured in your responses. And you would honestly let me know if there's something you couldn't do. Because If there is something you can't do and we need it done precisely and you don't let us know that you cannot do it and need assistance, you're just going to, it's more of a cost in time, in money, in frustration, in negative things. It's always better to say you don't know how to do something than it is to say you do and do it and waste everybody's time. And it's such an unfortunate thing, especially when they're a nice person. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know. And you tend to be a little bit more charitable towards them when they are a nice person, which is where I made a mistake and now I've learned. And um, I... (laughs) I... This is... It's just... It's new for me. It's new for me to interview people you know, and, um, oh, it's fun, and I enjoy it, but I really do wonder about myself and, like, picking shit out. I'm gonna have to be a little bit more vigilant, um, about it. I couldn't imagine doing that, though. I couldn't imagine saying that I know how to do something that I don't know how to do at this point, you know? It just doesn't help the employer, too, and I remember my boss saying, look, the the reason... There's a reason I hired you. And I was like, oh my God, it's such a day of flattery. Our interview went very well. And there's certain signs you look for, right? Is eye t- Can they maintain eye contact? That's a big one for me. Especially if you're having conversations with people face-to-face. If you can't maintain eye contact, there's something very, very strange about that. People will say it's creepy. No, it's not creepy. But it's a great way to figure out if someone is full of poop or not, though. They, people get intimidated by direct eye contact. Why, why are you intimidated? Because the eyes really are a window into the soul. Whatever a soul is, but you know what I'm saying. You really can tell people are either thinking a little too much about something and not being honest 
it really matters. That's one thing I did try and do is maintain eye contact. But let me tell you, there's some goddamn psychopaths out there who can stare you right in the face and just fill your head with shit. I promise you, they're out there. They are out there. And it's kind of scary. But then I wonder, am I a psychopath? Like, <laughs> often I wonder that. I was talking to a girlfriend this week, like earlier, and she had mentioned to me, she's like, maybe you're a psychopath, Amy, because we were talking about a bunch of stuff. And I was like, you know, it's very possible. Um, but considering my ability to maintain relationships and, um, you know, acquire them, I don't think that's the case. Uh, if people figured out who I was and I didn't, and I'm not running from that, probably means I'm not a psychopath. Generally, psychopaths are on the move, you know, because as soon as someone figures out who they are, they can't fuck with people anymore. Mmm, they can't mess around. They can't get in your head because you start to figure, they you figure out that game, big boy. Oh, I know your game, big boy. And I gotta tell you, I've dealt with a couple of those guys and you really do start to figure out and see patterns in other people that are similar and you're like, mm-hmm. Uh, steer clear girlfriend stay away from that one he just wants to play with your head he just wants to treat you like you're a puppet don't you understand and he thinks he has the strings (laughs) please (coughs) not a good situation to be in my friends not a good situation so we run away we get away from that (sighs) And psychopaths have to do that because, again, they can't manipulate your reality once you've figured out that they are trying to manipulate your reality. Scary, isn't it? (laughs) But yeah, eye contact and there's got to be a way to conduct interviews where you're not asking the generic questions. I certainly, I have just done away with the old school interview process of, Tell me about your weaknesses. Tell me about your strengths. Tell me about this, like just that, that template that they use, that they ask you the same questions and you never really get a feel for a person unless you actually talk to them and converse with them and ask them how they would interpret or behave within a certain situation with a set of difficulties or a set or a certain set of occurrences It's really important to kind of have some idea of their character, you know? You you want somebody, if they're dishonest at the interview, chances are they're probably not going to be your optimal employee, you know? And it's really unfortunate, too, because this this lady just, you know, I'm going through menopause, I'm this, and... I had to tell her not to swear. I was training her yesterday and she pulled out her cell phone and I had to tell her to put away her cell phone, which is super weird. You'd think it would be the other way around, but not so much. Not so much. I tried and uh, it didn't work. But just simple things like that. Like when you're when you're at work, if you don't know that you're not supposed to pull out your cell phone when somebody's teaching you how to do your job, that I'm just an hour from now going to find out you very, very badly failed at, that's not a good sign. It's very, very bad. It's bad. It's very, very bad. (laughs) I wonder if Trump is actually going to get impeached. Oh my gosh, you know what? Yesterday, how about this for a total switch up? Dave Smith and Nick Fuentes had a conversation on his podcast part of the problem and they talked about a wide range of things and though I don't totally agree with Nick Fuentes you gotta give it to the kid for a young man he is he's very well put together he's he is intelligent to a degree and um he's very articulate so even though what people believe in may be silly I'm always going to appreciate the fact that they can articulate what they believe in very well high proficiency in in verbal engagement is a really good thing if you're able to express your thoughts and the things that you believe simply and in a way that other people can understand 
you're a good communicator, not by veiling what you're saying, not by putting it in code, just by directly being able to speak about those things. Him and Dave had a really good exchange yesterday. I'm a big fan of Dave Smith. I think he's he's incredibly intelligent and I just, I like his view on things. I feel like he really does kind of run through a lot of this stuff properly. I'm going to have to re-listen to it, but the impression I got from it yesterday was very good. So, yay. I have a couple things on the roster for myself. I have a David Goggins podcast I got to listen to, a Joe Rogan. Sean sent that to me because I've been asking for it because I'm trying to, the way that I'm trying to look at my brain now is all in terms of the rider and the elephant and I'm using the metaphor from the happiness hypothesis book, which I'm almost done reading. Oh my God, yes, it feels good to finish a damn book. That is the second time I'm reading it though. And I go through it and I'm like, oh my goodness, my memory is just so bad that I can't remember so much of what I've read here. And uh, I appreciate coming back to it and reading it again. There are a few books that are incredibly valuable to me that I think I am going to need to reread at the age that I'm at now because I'm not going to process it the same way that I did three years ago, you know? This book is great. And the whole idea behind it is you can't tell the elephant what to do. The elephant is most of your cognition. It's such a beautiful representation and metaphor for cognition, the the elephant and the rider, because it illustrates in so many ways the relationship between your conscious mind and your unconscious mind, you know, size-wise. The fact that you can't really control an elephant if you were actually a rider on an elephant. That elephant can mess you up. If you tell it to go right, it doesn't have to listen to you. It can go left. And if it doesn't go the way that you want to and you're trying to force it, it can really mess you up and hurt you and cause you pain. And obviously that's something that we like to avoid, but we can't. We can't. All of our habits and patterns and everything, that's the elephant. And what happens, the relationship between the elephant and the rider, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, is that your conscious mind, your rider, just gets really good at being a lawyer for the actions of the elephant and justifying them. And the smarter the rider gets, the better the stories get, and they're not necessarily true. And this is how people trick themselves and tell themselves that they're a certain way when they're not. This is how people justify certain behaviors that they that they commit because their rider is so proficient at creating a narrative and making it convincing. And like a lawyer, justifying why it's all right. And the only way... The only way that you can have a relationship where you can kind of start to maybe fix those things if you want to is you have to train your elephant. You have to treat your elephant like it's a friend and you have to put good things in your mind, you know. So I'm trying very, very hard lately to change the inner dialogue or to make minor adjustments and recalibrations to certain words that are used and certain ways that I say things and certain interpretations of stories or things that I'm thinking about and just trying to get out of the habit telling my elephant I call her Ellie because I'm gay like that Ellie that's not the way to think so I've kind of personified it and it's interesting, right? Because we're not we're not a linear self. We are multiple selves in a person. Don't deny that every time you're in a different social setting or a different social group, we are like chameleons socially. And we're going to try and fit into that group so that we do not feel like there's any threat to our survival. We need to be a part of that situation or we start to feel uneasy or anxious so what do we do we generally tend to go along with whatever kind of vibe is happening in the group that you're in or in the place that you're in so that you can blend into your environment because that's what we do why was I going off on this tangent I do not remember I don't remember I lost it all I was trying to get to is talking to the elephant If you want an honest and good relationship where you're not deluding yourself and telling yourself things that are not true just to make it easier for yourself. Yeah, I'm trying to engage in this weird work. Oh yeah, multiple selves where I'm just trying to 
get this other part of my personality, my whatever you want to call it, into some kind of zone where I can, how can I get an elephant to calm down? How can I get an elephant to listen to what I'm saying? How can I, how do you train an elephant? How? So that is what a difficult task it is to train your mind out of habits that you've had, that you've had for so long, that have come into being through experiences and occurrences that you did not control around you. You know, um, it's really wild, but the, the work will always be worth it. And I keep trying to try different things to kind of get my head right. And um, it feels good so far. I need to start figuring out, like, I don't even know with the six-day schedule right now how I'm going to go and see a psychologist, you know. Um, I have a few. I got to make a few phone calls, but I definitely think a therapist would be a great boost to that to that process. And I really want to do it, you know. I think there might be things that I'm not seeing, and I really would like a professional to help me kind of get through it. Not that I, I mean... I don't think it's super necessary, but I definitely have had some bouts of anxiety over the last maybe year, and um, it's very different from anything I've experienced before. And though I like to talk and work things out and process, I just don't think that I have the experience or the expertise to really get down into what's important to figure out that is a sign for this or that. And uh, that's where I'd like to go. But ooh, like I said, six days a week, it's going to be a bit rough. So going to have to figure that out. Until then, I'm going to make that long paper, son, and we're going to have a good time. But yes, training the elephant is important. So that's exactly why I've been trying to listen to the kind of people who encourage you to run face first into the chaos and just deal with stuff. You have to bring orderliness from out of chaos. And um, I love the use of language there. I'm just, you know what? You're... The way you describe things and the way you feel them is only as good as the metaphors you use to describe them. Metaphor is such an important way for us to communicate how we feel. And uh, I was really hoity-toity uppity about the, the use of biblical language and this kind of stuff, but I'm not anymore, and I think I recognize why. And it's because there were concepts and things for which there were no accurate words at the time or nothing that described those things as strongly as the words or concepts like heaven or hell that were created to explain extremely good or extremely bad, extremely desirable or extremely undesirable. And uh, I think those things are really important to kind of figure out. So, yeah, metaphors are important. Analogies are important. Things that describe other things, which is how we use language proficiently, is very important. And uh, it's very difficult not to appreciate that. You know, metaphors are very important. It's a lot of how we communicate. So, in my head, when I, when I look at something, I try and use an analogy instead now, or I try and use some kind of metaphor that, that makes it connect better, that my elephant can kind of look at and be like, Meh. Ellie. Isn't that a cute name? <laughs> Ellie. Ellie the elephant. <laughs> and you know what they say about elephants. Elephants never forget. Okay. You hurt the elephant, the elephant has a hard time forgetting that you hurt it. And it's going to have a hard time trusting you again when you've taught it that, it, that you cannot be trusted. And uh, sometimes I feel like I need to have that kind of a relationship, right? Where my elephant is actually pissed off at me, the rider. Me, this part of me and that part of me and this part of me and that part of me. <laughs> oh, it sounds so weird to say, but it's just, it's so interesting when you, when you, think about these things and you're like I can't even deny the fact that if I go from this place to this place and the people are different I'm just going to behave differently it's it's just the way that it is it's so strange how people think there's some like linear self they're just a straight line like ugh. how fooled and unaware are you how much how little do you know 
about being a human being? How little do you know about how brains function? That's so important. My life changed the minute I started looking into psychology and looking into how brains work. And um, it's just so impossible to not make changes or at least try your darndest to make changes in your life once you learn certain things work a certain way. That's why mechanisms and how, how to... How things work, mechanisms, how does this get to this? How does this happen here? Why is this like this? And why do we do this? It's so useful. There's so much utility to that kind of information. It's amazing that it's not a a core class in a high school or it's not something they teach from a very young age. Why not put psychology in the classrooms? Why is there trans education? Psychology could encompass all the problems that we're seeing in the world right now, yet for some reason we don't teach it to our children, for whom, by the way, it would prove incredibly useful once they get popped out into the real world through the vagina that is university right now. I mean, it's just so crazy to think that we're letting people just go out there. And yes, we are intuitive psychologists, yes. But <laughs> again, <coughs> we always we should always defer to experts. There are people who know way better than you about things. They are the people to go to. And you cannot deny somebody's professionalism or track record for success, which is why I'm all about Jordan Peterson. Because, And I was before. I just was infected by a tribal mind virus that prevented me from seeing the value in him because there was a thing I was focusing on that was being made so negative, And that was it for me. I snapped. And to fit into the, to a tribe, I changed my mind on that one. And I didn't want to get kicked out of the tribe. But you know what? Fuck the tribe, dude. If somebody has utility, if somebody has good things to say, and if somebody has years and years and years of experience and knowledge and study and education and practical experience in that field, screw anybody else. No assholes on the internet are going to know better than a professional who's actually been doing the work for years. And that's why I defer to them. And I feel better about it. And, yo, this is team science over here. That's what I'm about. I don't care about anybody who wants to tell me they know more about people than the guy who has studied people his whole life. No, that's not how it goes. Okay? Okay. Just because you say it louder, just because you say it with a tone, doesn't mean you know more. Okay? Okay. I mean, what I do is I parrot a lot of the things that I learn from other people because it's really good and important stuff to know. You don't need to listen to me. I implore you to go to the people who are actually doing the work. Go listen to Jordan Peterson. Listen to a lecture. I dare you. (coughs) His lectures on psychology are excellent. Any of the talks he's done that are about any of his clinical psychology practice are awesome. I understand it gets a little bit hazy when it comes to the metaphor and the connection between, you know, religion and the success of the Western world. Uh, Even I have a little bit of difficulty with that. But if you can look past that and you can look at the things that the man is studying or has studied and talks about that are incredibly useful to help develop people, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to get a lot more out of it. You're going to get the value. You're going to feel the value and it feels good. It feels good to learn things and it feels good to listen. And you know what? Like the thing I like (coughs) about him is even though, (coughs) my God, I might be getting sick. I think I might be getting sick. Even though he has a silly little voice. You know, I liked watching him talk to to Joe Rogan and and like the smiles and the the reward that you can see that they're both getting from having that conversation that's the sweetest thing in the world to me I appreciate that I appreciate when people can sit down and talk about such deep things and profound things deep and profound as cognition and consciousness which for us is everything I don't get how people are not interested in that I don't get how people don't like seeing two people have such a great conversation for three hours about so much useful shit that could universally be applied to anybody's life and hopefully improve it. 
It's great. It's great when you actually get the chance to have an expert sit down with you and really lay some things out and ways you can do things, how-tos, and let them write the guide for you. They are. There's so much incredible free information out there. And people are just like, nah, I know better. I know better than experts. Oh, please. No, you don't. And anybody who thinks you do is probably as silly as you are. Okay? It's just so silly. It's also, as I grow older, so silly to just hate people. I can't do that anymore. Oh, I used to hate Nick Fuentes. Why? He's just a young kid. He's a young kid like everybody else is just a young person at some time exploring their mind and expanding on their ideas. And I'm sure a few years from now, he's going to have different ones. We all go through these weird phases, yet it's so funny when we watch other people go through this fucked up shit. Look, unless someone's actually physically hurting someone, I could care less about what they think. I really could. What you think is a whole separate thing from what you do. And uh, I mean, generally, I would hope those two things are aligned. I certainly don't want to be friends with people who are not aligned in that way, but I don't have to hate anybody. And it's just so, it's so weird. That idea of, fuck this person, they're retarded. And you know what? I've been like that before. I've been like that before around the incorrect influences. And I hate it. It's just not a way to be. It's petty. It's gross. It's yuck. No, thank you. That is not right for me. Not right for me. I like a world where people are nice, respectful, can talk to each other like real friends or like they're at least human beings and they're considerate of certain facts of situations and they understand how to be social and how to treat certain people based on certain things. Yeah, there's certain things you've got to be a little bit sensitive to sometimes, you know, and that's okay. Don't make fun of people for needing you to be sensitive towards them because they're going through a tough time or whatever. Because when your ass is going to be sad or going through some tough time, that's what you're going to want. <laughs> You know, Mm -mm. people, yo, people, people are funny, right? Like they'll say they need this, this and this from you. But if the similar situation happens the other way around, they're not there for you to provide that. And then you're like, what? I've had that happen so many times where someone's like, Amy, look, if you do this, I need this, this and this. I assume that if you're asking me for something like that, which is something that could happen both ways, that that is going to go both ways. But nah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Only for me, but not for thee. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, bye. Because I'm just not interested in that. Reciprocity is such an important aspect of relationships and just being a human being. And it's one of the top determining factors of success in relationships is reciprocity. You gotta, you, you gotta give if you want to get. You gotta give, there's gotta be a give and a take both ways. Reciprocity, altruism, cooperation, these are things that are very important. You know, tribes survive for so long because they got it right. Right now, there's just so much division between people and it just feels like things are falling apart. Hopefully, in smaller groups of friends, that's working out okay. But I would think that if it was working out better, in smaller groups of friends, more so than not, then you would see that as more of a prevalent feature outside in the world. But I don't really. Not to say that I'm incredibly experienced in the world, but to say that if there's more of it, generally you see more of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's all. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, my friends, thanks again for listening. Thank you for your positive comments. Thank you for your subscriptions. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for thanks for engaging at all if you do. I really appreciate it. You know, this is cool as shit. This is a great time where I can just talk out loud and I'm connecting with people I would never, ever connect with because of the internet. Thank you, internet, because it makes me feel like there are cool people out there who relate to me in some way. I am not alone. And that is the scariest feeling in the world, is to feel like you're alone and you have nobody. But you ain't alone. Don't forget, you're not alone. There is somebody out there that can make you feel not alone. And you know what? Utilize that because it's really, 
really incredibly super duper cal super super duper califragilistic <laughs> super califragilistic expialidociously important to not feel alone because that will mess your head up okay and uh it'll make your heart feel cold and you don't want your heart feeling cold don't let your heart feel cold warm it up have a cup of hot chocolate Go on the internet and find someone cool. Or you know what? Call your friend up. Go have a coffee. Go get pumpkin spice lattes together. Go have a basic day. Oh my god, me and my girlfriend Victoria are obsessed with these um, these pumpkin spice cold brew coffees. Oh, they're so good. Every time we've been going out lately, we're like, are we stopping at Starbucks to get this? Yep. Why are you even asking me, ho? Good question. <laughs> we have our coffee like two old ladies. We're so cute. <laughs> We're the cutest. Victoria and I are the cutest together. I love her so much. Hopefully that how doesn't ghost me again. I always bug her about it. <laughs> I don't think she will. I think I think we'll be all right. But uh, there there really is nothing. Nothing compares to having an awesome girlfriend. You know, like my girlfriend in Oklahoma, Victoria. There's nothing like that. Guys are great, and I love having guys as friends. Way more than I like having girls as friends. But I totally get, now that I have a couple of solid girlfriends of Gina too, that, that like, girlfriends are important, you know? And it's so fun to talk shit about boys with our girlfriends. Like, <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, man. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Listen, it's Friday. Kick ass, okay? I apologize for the poor quality of all this stuff. I, I don't have time to, well, not time. I don't have the program at the moment to handle this how I usually do. So I truly appreciate your patience while I get it together. Um... Just to remind you, stream is coming soon, so I hope to see you there. Until then, have a great Friday. Kick ass. I hope you had a great cup of coffee. Thanks for listening. We will chat soon. Okay? Mwah.